Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. All right, everybody. Let's get into... The questions of the week. So Adam and I normally comb through all of your interaction every single week and uh, plenty of of questions to get to today, but so many of them were overlapping that it only wound up being, you know, about six topics altogether here. So let's start with one where I bet you we had about a dozen questions on on this particular subject. So we'll get into... um, Michael James's question on Twitter here, he DM'd us and he said, hey guys, hoping to get on this week's mailbag. I know all sorts of rumors are going around about James Click leaving Toronto. Do you think he'll go to Boston? Can you see a scenario where he stays with the Jays? So yes, there were rumors over the last couple of days that James Click former general manager of the Houston Astros. Of course, he won a World Series with them last year in 2022. He became a member of the Blue Jays front office last offseason, taking kind of a consultant executive role in the front office. And there's been rumors that he might be interested in becoming a general manager again. So uh, let's start with the fact, no, he's not going to Boston. It was released today that he did take an interview with the Red Sox and then turned it down. This is not really a big surprise being that number one, he's really good buds with chain bloom who they just fired. So there's a little bit of uh there'd be some weirdness there, but also this is, this is a statement from James click when he first signed with the blue Jays. So it says one of the things that is important is stability to me. I have two kids that are in elementary school and providing stability for them is, if not my primary focus, one of the primary focuses that I have. It's something that was really important to me when I was making this decision, decision of joining Toronto over last off season. And this is a role and an organization that I could very easily see being here for a very long time. That is my focus. So a few reasons why I think the Red Sox are having a little bit of trouble finding someone to take this general manager position. Of course, the owner, John Henry, very close with Alex Cora and has seemed to kind of take Cora's side on certain philosophical ways of running the organization. The other problem with the Red Sox front office is job security and stability, which James Click literally just talked about it being one of his primary focuses on deciding which organization he goes to. So the Red Sox, uh, they have a tendency to fire their general manager after about four years, even when they win the World Series. We've seen that happen. Ben Charrington was a prime example of that. He, of course, was also a member of the Blue Jays front office. And Alex Cora is another big reason. A lot of the old guard within the blue are uh, within the Red Sox front office as well. We've watched Sam Fold get an interview and turn it down. Uh, the general assistant general manager, 
of the Red Sox. I forget her name now. I should have freaking written it down before we got into this. But anyways, she also turned it down. So who is going to be the next general manager of the Red Sox? I don't know, but it's not going to be James Click. Some of the things that James Click has done very well when he was with Houston, this is kind of a list of his top moves in 2022. He signed Jordan Alvarez to a six-year deal, $115 million extension. And wow, is that deal ever looking like a gem currently? Jordan Alvarez has been the engine to that offense in Houston. And it feels like he's going to be that for, for years and years to come. Uh, Click also signed Justin Verlander to a one-year $25 million deal. That was in 2022 before they won the World Series. He traded Miles Straw to Cleveland for Phil Matten and Yanye Diaz. Diaz, of course, uh, platoon at the catching position with uh, Maldonado. He signed Lance McCullers Jr. to five years, $85 million extension, a really good deal on a really good pitcher. McCullers' problem, of course, has been staying on the field. He hasn't been healthy and has been tough to get him back on the mound. Fingers crossed, obviously, that he's healthy next year. Uh, signed Neris to a two-year deal, $17 million contract. Nice little move. That... And then he also traded Jose Siri, Chase McDermott, to Tampa Bay, Baltimore for Trey Mancini and Jaden Murray. So is James Click leaving Toronto is basically a dozen different questions that came in two along that line. I don't think he is. I think he's happy in Toronto right now. I think there is opportunity for him to move up if he's just patient. Ross Atkins rope is out. I think he probably should have been fired already, but they're giving him one more year. It's the position the Jays are in. But 2024 is going to be make or break for the man. So if Ross Atkins' rope is is coming to an end here, you know James Click is just waiting around, getting a feel for the organization, getting a feel for all of the uh, people, all the departments. So it might be a natural progression for him to maybe take over in 2024 and just wait it out. Again, with him being concerned about stability and, and wishing to not just pull his kids out of school constantly and move them all over the place, waiting it out in Toronto might be a smart move for him. So what does ha- what happens with James Click? Only time will tell. Obviously, if there's a really good offer out there for him, you know he might reconsider. But right now, still a member of the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Going back to Twitter... Um, this one is from Ali Bazaar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ali. My apologies. If not, he says, holy shit, boys. Did you see that for the lower bowl renos at Rogers, they ripped out the seats and then just threw them in the dump, the Don Mills dump. I know that this was all over X yesterday, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. He goes, what the hell? I would have bought one. And this seems to be the general consensus, man. People were losing their mind over these seats being ripped up. So I dug in a little bit, did a little bit of research. Ian Hunter, uh, he is the head baseball writer for the Daily Hive in Toronto. And he kind of got to the bottom of it. So supposedly, this is what he says. For those wondering why these Roger Center seats 
were scrapped instead of sold to fans, it's because as part of the Rogers renovation, these seats were not salvageable due to their age and their demolition required to remove them. I don't know if you saw the giant pile of chairs at the Don Mills dump there that was going viral everywhere, but they didn't look in good shape. You could tell that they really had to like dig those out of there. I know nothing about uh, demolition and shit like that, but uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. They didn't try to salvage the chairs. You know, you, you go to those old uh, hockey arenas, that are torn down, Maple Leafs Garden, uh, the Forum in Montreal, all of these. Of course, they ripped the seats out and, and and sold these seats to the fans. Not the case with the Blue Jays. I guess the seats just weren't salvageable. Staying with Twitter, Heather E. on uh, DM'd us. She said, hello, gentlemen. I can't believe this Texas team... I thought they'd be an expensive 500 team and miss the playoffs, but they are going to sweep the Astros. Can you see anyone stopping them? So number one, I, I need to agree with you, uh, Heather. It has been a very impressive run for this Texas Rangers team. I don't think any of us really gave the Rangers enough credit in the off season for some of the moves they made over the last couple of years, they have added an incredible amount of payroll to this team. And I know that in the off season, I kind of felt like they were going in the direction of the Mets and may just miss with a huge salary, but Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager up the middle, man, like that's a half a billion dollars they invested in the middle of the infield. And man, has it worked out. Corey Seager looks like the absolute best shortstop in baseball. He is putting up huge numbers. Of course, that big lefty bat really coincides well following up in the lineup after Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon struggled for that first month, first couple months. Seemed like his power was gone back in 2022, but literally since that, since getting over that initial slump that he was dealing with, the dude has been lights out. He has looked like he did when he was in Toronto. Oh, I miss Marcus Simeon. Man, what that bat would do to the middle of this order. But yeah, the Rangers have been really good. Now, as for can anyone beat them? I'm honestly not. I'm still not sold on the Texas Rangers pitching. I am not sold on their bullpen. In fact, for you, the, the, the grounds crew, I'm going to give you a little homework here. I probably should have looked it up already. But what was the last time a bullpen that was this shaky won a World Series? Obviously, this is a tough question to quantify because, you know, you, you got to roll through the numbers and bullpen pieces get hot and cold and maybe the numbers for the season don't look great but then they put up a really good playoff run. But honestly, man, that Texas Ranger bullpen, as soon as they get into it, it's kind of across your fingers and hope that they have a big enough lead to deal with this. They have not steamrolled the Astros to this point. Now, obviously, taking the first two games of this series in Houston, absolutely massive. But I still see this series going the distance. And if, if I'm going to put my money on somebody, I'm actually going the Astros in seven. Would love to hear the grounds crew's thoughts on this, all right? Is Texas going to steamroll their way 
to the World Series? Is the offense just too good? Now, the fact that Jordan Montgomery had an incredible opening game to the season, uh, to the series, I mean, has have we seen Jordan Montgomery's curveball better than it was in that Astros game one? I I can't remember it. He was dialed in. Nate Evaldi. This is a dude who just, for whatever reasons, he's a guy that just winds up on playoff teams. Obviously a competitor. Obviously has that clutch factor that fans love to argue if it exists or if it doesn't. But Nate Evaldi just always seems to do really well in big games. He's got that clutch gene if it is a thing. But where do they go now? I just don't see them having the pitching depth to go the distance with the Astros. Obviously, time will tell. We'll need to see. But it is going to be very, very interesting to see exactly how this plays out as things uh, as things unfold. Okay. We're going to go back to – I'm pulling up uh, – sorry. We're going to go to Patreon here. Okay. So this one is from Wyatt, and he says, Hey, fellas, for the mailbag, how long do you think Jordan Alvarez has before he starts regressing? Is he the next David Ortiz? So how old is Jordan Alvarez? We're going to pull that up right now. He's still very young. He's 26 years old, and he truly does just seem to be getting better. His health has been good. This is the key point, okay? Health, it doesn't matter who you are. Health matters more than almost anything. How much time are you spending on the field? Jordan Alvarez has been very healthy so far in his career, knock on wood. I love the David Ortiz comparison, just the big-bodied guy Jordan has put in so much work over the years to be more than just a DH. Listen, he is not any sort of star in the outfield. He's not um he's not defensively a black hole anymore though, which I think is what he was really trying to do, right? Is is just be able to to be put in left field and not be a complete um, not be Kyle Schwarber. And I think he has managed to do that. He still obviously takes a lot of his at-bats at DH, one of the best designated hitters in the game, but he does have a little bit more versatility than, let's say, David Ortiz. Uh, as he progressed in his, in his age, we'll need to see where Jordan gets. But the fact that his bat is so supreme, who knows? Maybe he does have 10 12 more dominant years in him, which is a definitely scary proposition. Jordan Alvarez, one of the premier power hitters in all of baseball. And you know what? A reason why I am not counting these Houston Astros out of this Texas series yet. Yeah, the Rangers are up to nothing. More than any playoffs recently, this feels like 90s baseball. You guys remember 90s baseball where like a team would go up to nothing and it would still go seven games 
You know, I, I, I feel like that is still very much in play here in this Texas series. Now um, we had another, another question um, about, this is just, I should have got the name down. This was an unplanned question that I'm bringing into the mailbag here, but I know there were a couple people talking about Mike Trout versus uh, Bryce Harper. Of course, Bryce Harper having an incredible playoff right now with the Philadelphia Phillies. He had one last year as well. The dude, again, talking about that clutch gene, does clutch exist? Pretty tough to argue it doesn't exist with Bryce Harper because the man just keeps coming up big whenever there's a big moment to be had. So the premise of this question is would you rather Mike Trout or would you rather Bryce Harper? Now, honestly, if you just compare their career numbers, Mike Trout has much better numbers. He's got a much higher war. He's got more home runs, more RBIs. But there's the constant question of playoffs. I, by the way, do not buy that it's Mike Trout's fault that he is not in the playoffs very often. That is on the back of Artie Moreno and the front office of the Los Angeles Angels, if you ask me. Now, there are other, other opinions out there, pardon me, that say, yeah, it is a little bit on Trout. Would Bryce Harper on the Angels be in the playoffs i i just don't buy it i don't buy it but i don't think you need to compare the two i understand they both came into the league around the same time and that this is a comparison that's a, a decade old bryce harper of course dropping out of high school one of the most hyped dudes to ever make a debut in baseball was bryce harper and it's hard to it's hard to argue that he hasn't lived up to it would I prefer Bryce Harper on my team over Mike Trout? I don't know. That's a roll of the dice. But I definitely would prefer Bryce Harper in a big moment. He just seems to be in a big moment a lot more. And my goodness, does he ever come up huge when he is? So feel free to drop in the comments where you folks are, where the grounds crew is on this Mike Trout versus Bryce Harper debate. Again, I really don't I, – I, can we just, like, enjoy nice things, right? Like, can we just, as baseball fans, appreciate that both are incredibly talented dudes? But it's not really how it works, right? You got to compare. You got to decide who's better. So uh, drop your comments below. Maybe we'll touch on this next mailbag and, and see what the poll says here. Okay. Going back to Patreon, Johnny Eaton. So this is obviously about uh, MLB Mondays. Adam did that solo, so he was talking about Mark Shapiro. Johnny Eaton says, I agree with Mark Shapiro about not evaluating trades early. They can be evaluated. They can't be evaluated in a vacuum. Time and holistic team dynamics matter. Example, one year of Lourdes plus six years ARB of Moreno for four years ARB of Varshow, and then the money each costs. And who took their roles on the opposing team? Varsho clearly replaced Lourdes, but who replaced Moreno? Kevin Kiermeyer? It's too complicated. People are just salty because the D-backs are in the playoffs and our two former players are performing well. And Varsho wasn't as awesome as we'd hoped this season. 
That's my way of saying I completely agree with you, Adam. So obviously they got into the Gabriel Moreno going to the Arizona Diamondbacks trade. I know that there is a large group of people amongst the Blue Jays fans who feel that this is maybe the worst trade in Blue Jays history. I am definitely not there on that. I mean, Gabriel Moreno has not had a Joe Maurer MVP season this year. He was a slightly above average catcher if you look at his numbers. Gabriel Moreno is going to be a stud. Yeah, he's having an incredible playoffs. But he sure has gone ice cold in this NLCS. He's a 23-year-old kid. Is there a lot of development still to go in his game? Yeah, of course. His defense is only going to improve. His framing is only going to improve. His game-calling skills are only going to improve. We all know that it takes experience at the catcher position to be good at all that stuff. Moreno has a long way to go still. And I think that that is the the crux of what Mark Shapiro was saying, whether you like it or not, right? It's just when the choice was made, the Blue Jays decided out of the three catchers that they had to choose from in Kirk, Moreno, and Jansen. And yes, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it just seemed smart at the time to go with the experienced guys. And we saw Arizona be able to give Moreno leeway that the Blue Jays just wouldn't have had playing time for unless they had moved one of their other catchers. And maybe that would have been the way to go. Hindsight, of course, being 2020. I do think Varsho has a lot more in the tank. I think we're going to see him settle in now that it's going to be his sophomore season with the Blue Jays. Lourdes being gone makes the trade feel a little more reasonable. I know that when we had Mark Shapiro on the show, that was one thing he brought up, was that the Diamondbacks wouldn't have done the trade without Lourdes. And I know a lot of you are like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done the trade. That's absolutely debatable. (laughs) Again, Varsho being moved to center, I think is going to really increase his value. Not sure if that's going to be the direction the Jays go. I hope it is. I hope that they move Varsho to center, I hope that they go out and they get somebody who has a little bit more power to play left field, somebody who's going to bolster the lineup offensively. Maybe an actual cleanup hitter would be nice. Hey, an actual guy for the four hole would be kind of a a middle of the order bat, I think is what needs to be the focus when it comes to replacing Kevin Kiermeyer and just move our show over. Varsho's war is going to be so much higher in center field with the kind of defense that he plays. I know if we can get, we, if they can go out and get a bat that has some power, we're seeing how much home runs affect games in the playoffs. It's not all defense and pitching, although pitching and defense is huge. Let's not downplay that in the playoffs, but you do need some power. So if the Blue Jays can go out and get a, a big thumper like Jorge Soler to play left field, play some right field, have Georgie switching back and forth between the corner outfields and Varsho roaming center. I think that's going to be much better for the Blue Jays come 2024 than even though I loved Kiermaier, by the way, I would love to have Kev back. I just don't think that he is into a bench type role and his bat's just not good enough. Even though he had a really good offensive season, Career-wise for himself, I just think the Jays need somebody with a little bit more thump there. 
we'll see what happens. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, last one here. I guess Adam was talking about expanded playoffs. So I want all of your comments here on this. This is a spot where Adam and I vary. We agree on a lot of things. Expanded playoffs is one I just, I, I, I always feel like an old man whenever changes are suggested because I'm very much like, leave baseball, the status quo. And then there's changes and I'm like, actually, I kind of like it, right? Like the pitch clock's a great example of that. The banning of the shift is a great example of that. Man, I was so against banning the shift. And now, honestly, you barely notice that it's gone and the defensive plays that are being made are so fun to watch. And I really do think that some of this, like, extreme defense is because of the banning of the shift so adam was talking about expanded playoffs the comment here amen adam expanded playoffs 16 teams seven games shorten the regular season to 145 games five games against each team it's a license to print money you're literally expressing what i've been saying for years now with this i love it ha this is amazing. I literally created a balanced schedule with the first games being in the south of the states. LOL. Great minds think alike. Disagree with all of that. I hate the idea of 16 teams in the playoffs. I love that baseball is different from all the other major sports leagues with how few playoff teams there are. I didn't like them going from 10 to 12. Of course, now that it's happened... It actually did work out pretty well. It has been fun. And if you look at the wins of the teams that have made the playoffs, it doesn't really, it's not that much less than it was in 2021, right? The 88 win Braves won the World Series in 2021 with only 10 teams. We're seeing some of these, like the Jays made the playoffs this year with 89. That's still pretty much on pay, on par. So we haven't really seen the dip in quality outside of the 84 win Arizona Diamondbacks. Although Philly, I just think they're going to steamroll them. We'll see what happens as they head back to Arizona for game three. The Phil's of course up to nothing there, but I can't see Arizona maybe sque squeaking out a win. Maybe that's a five game series. 16 teams. Do you folks think, that's something that would be good for baseball. Lower the amount of regular season games. Run it more like every other sports league out there. I, I know if you go over the years, I mean, my goodness, it went from four teams making it to wild cards. We're all the way up to... They're all the way up to 12 teams now. Maybe four more teams is the way to go. I don't like the idea. Personally, I don't like the idea. But, again, I have not liked new rules before and then come around on them. This probably would be the same. I don't know. How do you folks feel about it? Expanded playoffs. Could you see this something uh, being that you would enjoy in baseball? It would mean more teams have an actual chance. And we have seen what a crapshoot the playoffs can be. The over 100 win Atlanta Braves out in the division series, the over 100 win Los Angeles Dodgers out in the division series. I don't see a problem with it. Now, 
expanding four more teams, again, I don't like it, but maybe it would be fine. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up there. I do wish to just say thank you very much to all of the listeners, you, the grounds crew, and all the interaction that you give every week. Even though the Jays are out, we still are getting a pile of interaction. So thank you so very much. To the Patreon members out there, thank you. A tip of the hat your way. Honestly, we couldn't do it without you. We're uh, helping us cover all our costs, which is truly appreciated. And if you want to get a hold of us for mailbag, feel free to reach out. We've got all sorts of different platforms you can do so on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. The Walk Off Podcast. Um, on Instagram, The Walk Off Podcast. You can drop us a DM in Discord. Of course, Discord is now a Patreon exclusive, but it is still a happening place to be. Or you can just message us on Patreon and you get that Patreon bump. If you're a Patreon member, automatically, all you got to do is just be like, hey, I want this question in the mailbag. And away you go. All right, folks. We will see you Friday. Take care of yourselves. All the best, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening. 